Welcome to the 10-part series, Sis Start, created specifically for entrepreneurs looking for motivation and that push to move forward in their dreams. Also, make sure that you follow April World Speaking on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever podcasts are available. Are you ready to catch these gems? And always remember, Sis Start! Hey, sis. Thank you for joining me again on Sis Start. This podcast is specifically for women entrepreneurs who are thinking about building their business out or if they're working a nine to five and they're ready to pivot on their business. Today, I have a special guest. But before I get started, I want to let you know that I'm April Rose and I'm a business consultant and podcaster for women entrepreneurs who are thinking of building their business make sure that you go out to itunes that you subscribe to this podcast rate review and share and if you're listening to this make sure you do a quick screenshot and post me in your stories and let me know what you learned now moving forward with my interview today i am actually interviewing mr george pitts he's a business coach and serial entrepreneur he has a website, MrGeorgePitts.com. He actually assists his clients with finances. And also, he has a podcast himself called The Monetize Everything Show. So make sure after this podcast, you go and check him out. So let's get started. You two, Mr. George Pitts. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good, April. How are you doing today? I am doing so good. You know, I don't think I let the listeners know, but I actually found out about you through a previous podcast guest I had on the April World Speaking Podcast, and her name is Sierra Howard, and I actually saw you on her podcast, um, and you were giving really good tips out, and it piqued my interest so much that I wanted to reach out to you, and I want to thank you for joining the show today. Absolutely, man. Yeah, she is dope. Uh, I love her uh, podcast and her work. I don't do budgets. Shout out to her. Um, and uh, definitely, man, I appreciate you guys for uh, having me on and thinking about it. Yes. And that's another podcast you guys can go out to listen to. I don't do budgets. Like, what a great title. Anyone who wants to work on finances, she does not do budgets. So yeah, shout out to <laughs> Sierra Howard. So I'm going to just like jump right in. I'm like so happy and pumped that you're on the show. So I'm going to just jump right on into the questions. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So tell me a little bit about yourself and let the listeners know a little bit about your backstory um, so that they can get a better understanding of who you are and what led you on this path. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm a business coach and serial entrepreneur. Um, you know, I've also wrote uh, three books. Um, I have a podcast. I do, you know, several public speaking engagements throughout the year. Uh, the backstory is kind of funny. So, um, you know, in 2009, I was working for a company and um, I was a contractor and my contract was up. And so they were like, you know, we really like your work. We love your personality. We want to find you a job within the company. So they found me, they got me a job in, uh, in payroll and I had never done payroll before. My background was in it, but I was like, Hey, you know, I need a job. It's, it's December, you know, it's coming into the holidays. You know, if I, if I lose this contract or income, I'm not going to be able to find a job at least until February or March. So I was like, yeah, you know, I'll take it. You know, if you guys give me training. 
So fast forward, you know, after a couple months, I really wasn't catching on. And so I reached out to them and I went to my director's office and was like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm struggling with this. I really need some training. Like no one's ever trained me. They just kind of gave me a manual and told me to go for it. And, um, you know, I want to do this job right. And she looked me in my eye. April, she looked me right in my eye and said, I'm going to get you all the training you need. I'm so glad you came to me and was honest. This is the reason we hired you because, you know, you're a person of integrity. And I was just excited. Four hours later, you know, the day was done. I'm getting my bag to get ready to go. And my manager's like, hey, let me walk you out. I said, okay. And she takes me to HR. And we get to HR. And she's like, I just need to drop off some paperwork. I'll be right back. And then five minutes later, the director of HR comes out like, Mr. Pitts, are you ready? I kind of look like, huh, what? And she brings me in there. It's like, so I understand you're wanting to separate from the company and we've agreed. So, you know, we just need to do your exit interview. And I was like, excuse me? Uh-huh. <laughs> and, she, you know, she was just like, yeah, I understand that you told them you no longer want to work here. You're going to look, you got, you found another opportunity. And I said, no. <laughs> and she just kind of looked like, oh my God, I think we've been set up. So she's like, look, here's two things that can happen. You can either come back to work tomorrow and I can tell them that's not what you wanted and they can find a reason to let you go because we're at the at-will state or you can go ahead and take the separation and what I'll do is I'll give you two paychecks for the next month to tide you over due to this issue, but I'm so sorry this happened. And I was devastated. So the next morning, you know, I, I told my wife, you know, what happened, you know, when I got home that night, the next morning I'm warming up. It was just like, my wife's about to go to work, take care of home. And I can't even support my family. Like this was just after one day, but that's where my mind was at. And I felt like a part of me as a man was like gone, you know, because now I had, you know, I wasn't able, I'm not supporting my family. So I crawled in bed and I started to get like stressed out and depressed And like after about five hours, I just, you know, I just heard God say, get up, go on your computer and figure it out. And that's when I started learning about how people were making money, building websites, doing search engine optimization and Internet marketing. And so I started to learn that stuff and reach out to people who were posting on Craigslist about their services and started, you know, going out and building websites for people. And then I just started learning all these other ways to make money online. And before I knew it, when live streaming kicked in. I just started showing what I was doing on my day, just kind of vlogging. And people started asking me, hey, do you coach? Do you do courses? And the rest is history. (laughs) So wait a minute. We're going to have to take a step back. Was that a setup to get you to leave the company? Because I am, my background is human resources. And for some reason in the back of my head, I guess I don't want to get too deep into it to take these avenues, but what was the, res- what was the reason for them handing you another position? However, basically forcing you out the door. What was the purpose in that? Do you know? From what I understand, they said that, um, you know, I found out later on uh, because they actually fired the director a week later. Um, they had me fill out the, the exit interview information. I put everything I just said a little bit more in detail and they ended up letting her go uh, after about a week later. And from what I understand, they said that they she was the reason she made the decision that she did was because she felt that um, I, you know, because I asked for help and many other people that they brought in, was, you know, they gave them the same training book and they just figured it out on their own. And they were like, you know, we didn't have time to train him. We didn't have time to do that. 
So we just felt that it was best for him to look at other opportunities instead of wasting time trying to train them because then we'd have to pull someone off. And so their thing is, well, why didn't you say that? Why did you bring it in and make it like it was his idea and he had no he had no clue? And I don't know what happened after that, but I know, like I said, a week later, they actually called me and told me they had relieved her of her duties because of that. So that was pretty passive aggressive of her, number one. And number two, why did you not take the job back like that? I mean, had nothing to do with you. Did they even offer it back to you? No, no. Uh, The thing about it is that the way that that company worked, she had already sent the paperwork over to corporate. Um, because this was a, a huge hotel chain that I was working for. Um, and we were the, the, the place that I worked in managed all the hotels all over the country, their, their payroll, but corporate was in Chicago. And so she worked there, got it all processed. And, you know, when you're working with companies, I guess, of that size and scale, there's a process and it's kind of hard to kind of break through that process. And the way that they said it is that because that there could have been some retaliation, because we're at we're an at will state, she could have said, "Well, we're going to terminate him because he doesn't have the the skills and the knowledge that we need, and we need to find some more." And, and, and oh, okay. she could have won that because yeah. Oklahoma's an at will state. So th- th- that's why the HR director was like, "I would recommend just taking this severance that I'm going to give you, which they we were not going to give you, but I'm going to because of this." And not like it, it'll end up being more, you know, it, it, it'll end up, you know, messing with you long term and it'll just be too much tension and all this other stuff. And, you know, I, I you know, they didn't offer me the job back when they let her go. And I, I really wasn't wanting to go back, to be honest with you, after that. Well, I want to thank you for sharing that story in depth, because I think a lot of times, you know, people in entrepreneurship try to gloss over like the the parts of their story that really hurt or really led them to where they are now. And I think for the listeners, that's really eye opening because um, pretty much the same thing, you know, kind of happened to me. I was podcasting for a year, but I was working a nine to five and lo and behold, I got a severance package. They left like 40 people go right when I was hitting a mark where I really wanted to build my business out. Um, full time like I said a prayer right at the beginning of the year like God I really want to build a business not only to support my family but to build something that I can hand down to my children I have have black children and the stuff that I went through in corporate America I do not want my children to take that route Right. I don't want them to feel that and so I'm a self-proclaimed corporate America dropout I am not going back to corporate America I am not they say never say never. I will never. Now, it may be somewhere else or, you know, but it will not be corporate America just because of what you revealed in your story and also the things that I had to go through. Why would you want to put yourself and your family in the hands of someone else when you can really and you you have the the will and the power to build your own business? Why would you do that? Why would it's, you do that? It's one of the most riskiest things that a person can do. And let me tell you something, April, and. And you being an adult and anybody listening to this podcast can probably get with what I'm about to say. We write checks every week for bills, for expenses. But you better believe at the back of our mind, we're trying to figure out how can we stop writing this check? How can I stop writing this check for this mortgage? How can I stop writing this check for this car payment? Things that we can eliminate. We're trying to figure out how can we eliminate this so I don't have to write this check anymore. It's the same thing in corporate. You've got a lot of people who, uh, you know, 
Right. Right. And um, can you hear me right now? Yeah. Okay. And, you know, you always hear people say, well, not everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. And that's fine. That is totally fine. There's two avenues. You can build your career. You can follow that path. You can, you know, go to college, build that career and be there for 30 years and hope, you know, you saved enough money in your 401k or you take the path of entrepreneurship. Yes, it's tough. Yes, you start off broke. But you, as you build those skills and you position yourself and people realize that you're really putting the work behind just talking about it, you're actually doing it. It's like you're getting that wind beneath your wings and it literally takes off if you're consistent. And people hear me say this on my podcast, on my lives, consistency is the new currency. Consistency is the new currency. So if you are an entrepreneur and you just happen to show up once on live this week and five times next week and twice that you're not being consistent. Yeah. See, the thing is that, you know, a lot of people, they'll, they'll say, well, I don't want to get into entrepreneurship. That's just not my lane. That's not something I want to do. And I understand that completely. I really do. But the problem is, is or the thing that we've got to think about more is we got to think about, OK, well, what is it that you want to what is it that that weighs on you heavier? Does it does it weigh on you heavier of taking the risk of someone writing your checks and deciding that they don't want to write them no more? Or are you actually having an opportunity to write your own checks? Listen, if you want to stay, you know, in corporate, that's fine. But having one source of income is like what we call in the IT world uh, running on a single point of failure. Meaning that if you if that income fails, everything else falls with it versus when you have what we call redundancy. That means if something fails on one side, you can bring everything up on the other side until you either fix this other side or you build a new one. And so that's what people have to start thinking about entrepreneurship. You don't have to go all in as far as like, you know, this is my full time thing. This is my thing because it's risky. But the thing is, you when you don't have to have it, that's exactly when you should want to have. Well said, well said, because I was thinking the same thing. There's two different ways people can go. They can go career path, follow that path, stay at that job 30 years, hopefully, maybe, probably, hopefully, probably, (laughs) probably in this era, probably not. And hope for that 401k to grow or you take entrepreneurship and you really take that time and learn your skills and invest in yourself, just like you're writing those checks for those bills. You're writing checks to invest in yourself and your skills, right? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And this is known as the gig economy. A lot of people mm-hmm. right now are working a nine to five and they have that side hair on the side, or they may be fixing plates on the side. That is mm-hmm. the gig economy. And so if mm-hmm. you're tired of your job, That means you do. Here I am in HR. I've done this for 15 years. Stop putting all of that that job. Do the bare minimum. Look at your job description. Make sure you're doing the bare minimum to pass your performance review. Okay. And you're not, you're not, you don't want to be on the path to be the CEO of that company. Maybe, maybe you want to build your own business out. Stop putting all of that energy in that job and save for that for the other eight hours which is a book i highly recommend people pick up called the other eight hours and use that energy in those other eight hours and building out your business that's how you do that that's That's it it. 
That's it. So <laughs> why here? I, my next question to you, which you answered, was why should someone monetize everything like your podcast, like the title of that? Why monetize everything? But that may be a clear um, path for some people, but they may say, but what should I do? Do you give recommendations, even though you're saying monetize everything? Like, what, how do you coach your clients? What, are, like, maybe give one thing that you tell your clients if they're at a loss? Because I know a lot of talented people that know a lot of things, and they're like, I can't, I can't think of a business to start. How do you help your clients clear that up? That's a great question, April. And I'm going to tell you exactly what I would tell someone with that question. Think about what it is that you do. Say, for instance, a person that is working full time, let's just use the, the thing that they work in payroll or they work in, uh, you know, accounts receivable where they're doing bookkeeping, you know, accounts payable, accounts receivable, payroll, whatever it is that they're doing. Most of those jobs don't require a degree. They just require skill sets. Now, let's say that that person was able to get a job in that area and they're thriving in it. They're thriving in bookkeeping. They know how to balance, you know, uh, incomes receivables and payables and all these other areas. You could teach someone who feels that they're at a loss for what it is that they do. Because think of all these people that, you know, don't have a college degree and where they're working, they're barely, you know, they're making just over minimum wage and they feel, well, I don't have a degree, so I can't, I can't get a better job. But there's jobs out there that will pay you way more money and you don't have to have a degree. You could be teaching people, here's how to get into payroll. Here, you know, the, the average, you know, uh, the, you know, for the, the person that works minimum wage, they make $9 an hour on average with no degree. You could go and get a job in payroll with the skill sets that I'm going to teach you and make up to $20 an hour within your first mm -hmm. two years. To someone that's only making $9 an hour, they're thinking, oh, my God. Now, imagine if you're giving people tips every day. You don't have to give them the how. You just give them the what and the why. What is payroll? Why is so important? What, what is accounts receivable? Why companies need it? What is bookkeeping? Why are people paying people, online bookkeepers, this amount of money? People are going to get interested, you know, uh, what does bookkeeping pay? Why does it pay so much for someone without a degree? And you just give those things, and it's going to pique people's interest. And then when they ask you, you know, do you provide coaching? Do you provide training? If you put a bookkeeping course together for $97 and you could sell 10 of those a week, right? You sell 10 of those a week. That's an extra $1,000 a week that you're making on top of your bookkeeping income. You don't have to leave your corporate job and you're already making just as much, if not more, teaching what you already know. And so that's why I say monetize everything because we go into work, we clock in, and then when we clock out, it's like we, we shut that skill set off. We shut that knowledge off. We shut that level of genius off when the thing is is that there's people that need that. It's the same thing in the healthcare industry. Think of all the healthcare certifications. You got home health aides, certified medication aides, and all these people that get these certifications through reading a book or going to a vocational school. You could teach people how they can skip going to the vocational school, how you can teach them how to get that certification, they just go and pay the fee to go and take the test. They get certified and then, you know, they can go and get a job paying 15 to $20 an hour versus where they're working, making nine to 12. So instead of them paying the vocational school, I don't know, 12 to $1,500, they buy your course that teaches them how they can actually get that home health certification, that certified nursing aid certification or whatever. You tell them, hey, it's only $200 to go take the test they're literally going to save over $1,000 taking your course and they're going to increase their income by four to $8 an hour. So we got to start thinking about stuff like that. There's other people out there 
you know, that that are trying to find a way out and they feel there's no way out because they feel their education is holding them back. Their lack of knowledge is holding them back. But then when they come across someone like you and you don't have a degree like them, you look like them, you talk like them, you once lived like them, they're going to find hope and they're going to be like, okay, when I get paid, I'm going to go buy, you know, I'm going to go buy, you know, Marcus's book or I'm going to go and buy Keisha's uh, webinar or whatever. And before you know it, you've got all these people that not only are you bringing hope to, but you're literally changing people's lives while you're actually working a nine to five in a whole nother state that you, you know, that you ain't never even been to. Yes. I love everything that you said. And I'm a big proponent. I tell my clients, get a pad of paper and pen because I'm going to drop some gems. And I'm, I always, because I do a lot of brain dumping as an entrepreneur. So I always keep one by my bedside. So I was writing things down as I was listening to you and um, a couple of things that popped in my head um, what I help people realize um, what they're good at and maybe how they can start their business is just do a brain dump and write a list get a piece of paper Mm -hmm. put a line down the middle write down all the things that you know how to do that people have probably paid you for and it's easy for you to do if it's cooking plates if it's if it's makeup if it's this that people have actually paid you in the past or you know that you can do and also write a list of the things that you are you have a passion about that you possibly could learn how to do um because really there's people who was in the music industry and wanted to be a producer However, they probably needed a, a picture for their album and picked up a camera and became a photographer. And that was instant money for them. And it literally mm-hmm. pulled them in the direction of being a photographer because they're bringing in more money than paying out all of this money trying to be a music producer. Right. There we so go. You, there so we go. this is what entrepreneurship is. You really want to do something. But sometimes you find out that you have the capability of doing something that makes money a lot faster than what you initially thought you were going to do. So that's mm-hmm. the first thing. The second thing I thought about was me working in the STEM industry in the past and um, what I learned being in business, you know, I know black and white. I've been in human resources. I, um, I've done payroll myself. I've done Canadian payroll. Uh, so I totally like honed in on that story that you talked about initially. And me being in business, I, when I worked in the STEM nonprofit, it put me in front of a lot of people who were different than me because they were like scientists. And, you know, a lot of scientists deal with gray area, gray area. I like black and white scientists like gray because they get to ask all these questions and create. Right. So here's mm-hmm. a good example as well, because you said a lot of people work a nine to five and put all of that energy in it and then they go home and they lose that creativity. When really the world needs your creativity. So here's a good example. Open your ears up, people. Open your ears. So think about being a neurosurgeon and how much energy it takes to become a neurosurgeon and however many years it takes to become that. Um, And you, after you get this degree and, you know, this PhD behind your name, there's still only a certain amount of people you can help. You only have so many hours a day to be a neurosurgeon and work on someone's brain. Right. And that takes a lot of talent and time and energy. So I'm not knocking that. However, if you're a neurosurgeon and you're an entrepreneur, think about how you can touch millions of people. So here you are working all of these hours, maybe on your downtime, think creatively or do a project on the side to help millions of people maybe create an app or create um, a do a research project to figure out the first signs to Alzheimer's. 
And people become multi-millionaires mm. off of apps or different projects because they didn't let their creative juices stop at work. So you only can help so many people during those eight hours or 12 hours of work that you do. But if you really build your business out, you can become multi a multi-millionaire if you just hit the right thing so when you were talking I thought about that like yeah we really need that creative side of a person and that's a part of entrepreneurship because creativity is intelligence at play that's all it is Mm, I love it that's all it it is creativity is intelligence at play and that's where the world needs you we want to see creative people like that so when I listen to your podcast you're so creative you think of all of these different ideas as far as to monetize your skill set um and I highly recommend anybody listening to this podcast to start go ahead when you get off this podcast go straight to his because sometimes as I'm cleaning my room I'll I'll listen to his podcast and I get like 10 other ideas. Not that I need it because I already got a hundred. I'm trying to do myself, but you just add that much more value on to what I'm already trying to do. So thank you for your time and your podcast. I want to tell you that right now. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) Of course. All right. So to get back into the questions, um, the next question that I have, is I'm sitting here trying to read what I wrote down. Are you the opposite or believe the opposite? Um, I learned one thing really good at. Okay. And I think you answered this question already for me because the question was, you know how people say hmm, that you just have to learn one thing really well and specialize in that and then just repeat that over and over and over again because that's the philosophy I heard pick one thing get really good at it and then be so good at that one thing that people have to come to you right or are you a proponent of learning multiple things because I think I'm in the middle like I'm not sure where I stand after listening to your podcast but I'm, I'm really wanting to know what's your stance on this so my stance used to be pick one thing and, you know, get really good at it and, and build on that. And, I, you know, I, I personally believe you want to become like a hybrid. So the best way to do that is to pick pick something, get good at it, you know, get comfortable with it, and then, you know, build something around that. So you don't have to become like a level, you know, black belt grandmaster expert, but you know, you can actually get really good at something and figure out how you can make someone else good at it. Because when you're coaching and you're teaching, the only thing that you're doing is you're bringing someone up to your level. That That's it. And then they now have the opportunity to exceed that level, right? So the thing about it is that you don't have to be the best or the, the most knowledgeable or the most, you know, uh, perfectionist person with something. You just got to be able to get enough to where someone that has a you know an interest in that that you can bring them up to your level so what you do is let's say that you are you know you want to get into life coaching and maybe part of that life coaching is you want to get into you know the sec the the niche of career careers so you want to help people get better careers and better jobs in the in there you don't have to be the best career coach to teach other people who want to do the same thing how to become a career coach you get to a certain level, you experience a certain level of success from it, whether it's, you know, you, you're consistently making $1,000 a month, 5000 or 10000 a month. And then you just market it as, I can show you how to make a thousand, how I made $1,000 a month as a career coach, <laughs> right? 
So you're not at the $10,000 level yet. You're not at the $100,000 a month level yet, but you're at a level where there's many people who aren't even at the zero, the $1 level. So if you get really good at that, you get some success from that. You can build people up to where you can bring them to that $1,000 level. And then it's up to them at that point to take it the rest of the way to get to five, to get to 10, then you can move on to something else if that's what Mm -hmm. you want to do. So I wanted to say that because there's a lot of people that think, well, before I can teach someone, I need to be making six figures. Well, listen, some people, they just want to make an extra 20,000 a year. Some people just want to make an extra 30, 40, 50. So, you know, don't wait until you hit six figures if you're already hitting, you know, 50 a year. There's a lot of people that make 60, 70 grand a year that would love an extra 50,000 a year. So if you can show them how to do that, knock that out. And if there's another passion for you, once you built that, you've got it set up. Now you can move on to something else. So that's kind of where my mindset is. I love that. I love that. I love these conversations. I literally come into these podcasts with five questions and I barely even touch all of them because when I'm interacting with you or other guests, like two other questions pop in my head. And um, the first thing I want to say is actually a statement because when you said people feel, and this is what's called, uh, what is that term? Um, It's a syndrome that happens when you don't feel like you're, Yes. Imposter syndrome. That <laughs> is heavy on a lot of people that imposter syndrome because they feel like, well, I really haven't made it yet. Why would somebody listen to me? Listeners out there, sis, listen to this. When I started April Rose Speaking Podcast, and I was just a few episodes in, but I knew in my heart this is what I was meant to do. I kept going. I didn't have a lot of downloads. I didn't have people. Um, like listening too much to it. I was still explaining what I was trying to do to people. It wasn't clear. And somebody in my life close to me literally said, you haven't made it yet. Nobody's listening to that S-H-I-T. Someone very close to me. And if I would have listened to that person, I mean, I literally could feel it in my body. Like if I really would have listened to that person, I would have been giving up part of my purpose in life. Yep. It's crazy to think some of our closest people that love us will rob us of our purpose. And sometimes they, they, they come from a good place. But when you listen to some people that haven't done what you did or trying to do what you're doing, they'll rob you of your purpose. Yes. So the point that you don't have to be have to made your first million. How I knew I was good at podcasting, how I knew I was good at coaching is because even in my everyday business and being in human resources, I could have a person come through my door and I can be disciplining them based off of the manager's feedback. And that person would actually leave a different person, like even after discipline. Because I'm able to say things tactfully and not tear a person down and give them a different perspective on things. So I already knew I was on to something and I just kept going. And when I podcast with people, I could be in a horrible mood before I hit the door or start. But I don't put that on other people. So once I start podcasting and I'm done with the guest, if I've done it in person, they'll look at me like, how did you do that? Like. So you have to listen to those little things of what you're what you're getting complimented on. Um, people asking you these questions all the time. How do you do this? Those are the little things that you really need to listen to. And people swat those away because it comes so easy to them. They don't really think they can make right. a business out of it, but you totally can. That's what it is. That's right. 
So right. moving on to my next question, I am struggling with something and I really need your help with this. So um, transitioning, I'm still, I'm, and I'm kind of getting better at it each day, but transitioning from, you know, my career and working a nine to five and working in corporate America, I am full on entrepreneur, entrepreneur mode. I am struggling with schedule, feeling like I'm working 24 hours a day, balancing family. Can you tell the (laughs) listeners and me to help us? Like, what do you do to help organize your week and to feel productive and not um, drained by the time you go to sleep? Do you have a whiteboard? I've heard of whiteboard. I, I don't have it, but I heard of it. So, you know, one thing I would tell people to do is get a whiteboard. You can oh, put I, I, it's you know, an actual app called whiteboard. So that's what I thought you were talking about. Oh. But you know what? That is something somebody told me to get was a whiteboard and put it right in front of my face. Get a, get a whiteboard. Put This is what I do. I have, I have a whiteboard that takes up my whole wall. And I have I put my dates for the week. So today's June, June 15th. So I would put June 15th through June 21st. And I would put what my plans are for this week, you know, record a podcast, write three blog posts, make sure I post once a day on Instagram. Um, you know, I, I just write down what my goals are. But but what I do is I'll write down things that, you know, aren't scheduled. So like coaching sessions, I'm not going to write those down. They're scheduled. Um, you know, podcast interview, I'm not going to write those down. Those are already scheduled. I'm writing down things that I'm trying to get done. I'm going to finish doing a funnel. I'm going to hire another social media person or hire a person to do this, you know, and I write those things down. And then what I do is I make sure that I I'm able to check at least one thing off the list, right? Every day, check one thing off the list. So what, what happens is that if I get up in the morning, I knock out the things that I need to knock out and I check off one thing off the list by two o'clock, I've either got the rest of the day to do what I want, or I can start tapping into something that I was, that I could do that, I would normally do tomorrow, I can start on it today or get it done. So then when I get to Wednesday or Thursday, if all my tasks are done, you know, I've got the rest of the week to myself or I can start, you know, working on some things. But the thing that you want to do is you want to, you know, you want to write down what your goals for the week to accomplish. Now, let me let me share this with you, because this is something that many people mess up. Don't put too much stuff on there. You know, don't put too much stuff. If you know that it's going to take you two or three days to do something, don't put seven days worth of stuff if you got two of those things for seven days that is going to take two or three days. You know, be mindful of that. Um, but but just make a list of what you want to accomplish that week and make a point to check something off the list every single day. Um, you know, and if you can get more than one thing done a day, do it. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, schedule yourself. And then the last thing that I would say, have a cutoff time. My, my cutoff time now is eight o'clock. It used to be 12, 1, it's 8 o'clock, and that's the time, you know, I'm, you know, I'm putting my son to bed, spending some time with my wife now. If they go to sleep and it's 11 o'clock and I'm still feeling pretty good, I'll jump up and go and knock out some stuff. But I have a cutoff time every day that I cut off regardless, so I'm not, one of, so I'm not playing with numbers and times in my head like, well, here it is, 5 o'clock, uh, I'm just going to, you know, do what I want to do or do this or do that, then I'm going to you know, come back and work until one or two o'clock in the morning. No, have a cutoff time so that you can actually be one of these people where you're like, okay, it's six o'clock. I've checked a couple things off my list. You're feeling really good. And then spend the rest of the day taking care of yourself, spending time with family. Because what happens is that if you spend too much time doing all these things that you're trying to do in your head, 
you're going to burn yourself out and then you're going to get to a place to where you're going to not want not want to do some of those things that listen i used to do this april and there would be times where i would have like a client list full of people for the day and i would not be looking forward to it because i spent so much time doing all this stuff the night before i'm like man i don't even want to talk about business i don't want to talk about monetizing because i just didn't shut off so i'm sitting up there and i'm not even giving you know 110 percent that i need to give and um there's times where i told clients hey i'm gonna give you an extra session uh this week and they'd be like oh okay cool what big and to me, it was because I felt I didn't give a hundred percent in that that's session. Amazing. And they would come out of the yeah, and they would come out of the session like, "Yo, this was great. Thank you so much." And I'm thinking, I could have, you know, I, I, I'm glad they liked it, but I felt like I was only at seventy percent. Wow. And um, and that's just the the perfectionist in me, and also the the person that just wants to make sure that people get what they pay for with me. So, make a list. You know, make a point to check something off at least once a day and have a cutoff time. You do those three things, you'll you'll limit all those cobwebs in your head. It's just, you know, you're just you're like a spider. You're just making all these lines in your head and you're just getting cloudy and cloudy and cloudy because, you know, you're, you don't have you don't have that organized. So that's the best way. That's how I organize. Yeah. So as I was listening again, I wrote down a couple points. The cutoff time is really good. Um, because I do have kids, so I have to still raise kids. So I definitely have to have a hard um, cutoff time so that, you know, they feel that they're seen and that they're being taken care of and loved. So that's very important um, for a good cutoff time. Um, But really, I think what I'm dealing with at this point, and I have to, and I think you gave a really good point, don't put too much stuff on your to-do list because, I tend to, cause I'm a morning person and I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to do all of this stuff while I have the energy because by two or three, that's it. Like that, that's it. And I learned (laughs) something too. I'm going to tell you after I say it, but I can do no less than 20 things before noon. And I am not exaggerating like 20 things from workout to emails, to talking to clients, to going live, um, like, 20 things no lie and then I'm like a crazy tired person by two or three o'clock and that's what I need to stop like there's seven days a week there's five days a week I need to you know not put too much on my schedule so that's the number one thing I think I'm gonna take away from what you said but also it doesn't necessarily mean at two o'clock like just fall off how about just clearing out my email box at three o'clock while I'm I'm watching one of my favorite shows on TV, right? I'm still, I'm still being productive, but it's not taking that brain energy that is really high for me in the morning. And so I think people miss that too, that you can do some passive work too. You can clear out your email box or just do something in your business that doesn't really take a lot of brain power. So it's all about managing your time and your calendar, managing yourself. That's That's it. it. So how do you get your clients, Mr. Pitts? Like you're a coach. There's somebody listening that wants to do the same thing that you're doing and don't feel, you know, they may have that imposter syndrome. How are you reaching your clients? How are you getting them? Uh, Well, my my clients reach me. Um, I stopped, uh, you know, this is going to sound like counterproductive, but I stopped trying to hunt or find clients. I let my clients find me. 
there's people that are actively wanting a change in their lives. And sometimes they're not wanting people, you know, just constantly pursue them and all those other things. Sometimes you got to let them pursue you. So what I do is I put out good, valuable content that is built around what it is that I teach and what it is that I do. And since I've started doing that, I've noticed that I don't have to fight or, you know, struggle to get clients. Clients just come to me. Hey, do you offer? I get DMs every day. Do you offer coaching? Do you offer coaching? Because, I, you know, people say, how do you get so many clients? I never see you promote. And it's just that, you know, my content is my promotion. So the main thing that I would say is, you know, provide valuable information. You know, people are always going to want more of what you give. Just give little snippets of information, five-minute videos, of you know, an educational post. If you look at some of my posts on Instagram, I have a lot of swipe posts where, where I break. Always learn more about this, and, you know, I, I've never had a problem since then. Now, before, what I would do is I would constantly, you know, post, you know, hey, I'm a coach. I, let me teach you how to do this. I made $50,000 last month. You know, let me show you how you can make your first five figures a month instead of doing five figures a year, you know, and I would get clients that way. But the thing is, is that, you know, it, it was it was just different. You know, sometimes you get clients, they wanted they want to achieve what you what you achieved in the first 30 days. And it, it didn't go that way. So what I noticed is that when I was actually just providing value, you know, giving good information and just putting it out there, hey, if you're interested in this make sure you visit my website or reach out to apply to work with me. That was it. Very passive, not direct. It's just all about providing value. If you provide enough value, there's a level of reciprocity that people will be like, okay, this person's providing value. I want to get more of the information. Listen, I've had people that literally is like, what's your cash app? Like, what? Well, it's this. It's this. Why? And they literally, I had one person send me a hundred dollars just because I posted something on Instagram that literally put a light bulb off and they just felt they had to sew into it so yeah yeah. that just left me speechless because honestly you're telling the truth like there's a coach that I follow and I'm actually looking for even though I'm a business coach I'm looking to go to the next level so I'm like actively looking for my coach um and uh I'll shout her out Jerisha Hawk this I don't know have you heard of Jerisha I just now. Okay. But you better believe I'm going to go look her up. This lady, I think I owe her, if they gave you 100, I think I owe her $1,000. Like, <laughs> she gives these nuggets in her life, and sis will make you want to snatch a wig off. I'm telling you. Like, literally. Oh, my goodness. No, I, seriously. I'm telling you, I have beat my head against the wall on like pricing right on how to price perfectly and she would get on live like she must have heard my prayer that morning and she'll get on live and answer that and i'm like did she really mean to give this information (laughs) free (laughs) on you know through live does she really mean to do that so um i think what you're saying is true when you give that valuable information that pain point when you figure out what who your customer is exactly and what their pain point is, and you speak to that, they'll come to you. That's it. They'll come I to had you. Any problems since I've done that? No problems at all. Matter of fact, I have a wait list to, of people that are trying to get into work. I love that. I absolutely love that. And I literally, since I've been doing the lives and you know not directly selling, just kind of passively, I sold two packages for a thousand dollars just through DM. See. Just through DM. 
That's it. There it they is. saw the live and I was able to sell through DM. No phone call, no consultation through DM just based off the information that I gave to them through live. There it is. Um, so let's see. I think we're getting close to the end of this. So I have one last question because I have a lot of people that listen to my podcast. Of course, this is Sis Start. So um, I have women, but men and women listen. Um, what do you want to say to that woman who believes in herself, however, may be suffering from imposter syndrome? What can you tell her right now listening to this podcast? What What should she do? Well, the first thing that I would do is, you know, let me tell you something. And I'm not just saying this because I'm on here. I say this publicly as well as privately. Women are the smartest people on this earth. <laughs> yes! <laughs> you you all are way more strategic, way more organized, way more creative, um, beautiful than, than than us men are. I'm just I'm just speaking facts. And any real man will will will, will attest to that. So what you got to understand is that, you know, even because you are the smartest being available in this world, you've got to tap into that. You know what I'm saying? Because there's people out there that need you to unlock them. There's people out there that they necessarily don't need to know how to make money. They just need somebody to teach them how to unlock their potential, how to unlock their level of genius. And so the first way that we're going to help that you're going to help people do that is by unlocking yourself first. So I just want you guys to just do that brain dump, get you a, a notepad out. And I want you to write down 10 things that make you dope, mm-hmm. 10 things that make you dope, mm-hmm. 10 things that, that, that make you a dope mom, a dope sister, a dope cousin, you know, a dope coworker. What are those things? And I want you to start saying them every day as affirmation. I am dope because of a, I am dope because of B every day before you start your day. And you say it until you get it into your mind that, I am dope. I am a dope coworker because I know my job. I am a dope, uh, you know, employee because I show up every day on time. I am a dope mother because I make sure my kids are fed, that they're dressed really well, and they 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 know their ABCs and they do their homework. I am a dope, uh, you know, daughter because I check on my mother. I call. Put those things out there into the atmosphere, and what happens is that once you already learn what you already are. You'll start to actually pick up things that you that you didn't know what you mm-hmm. already thought. Mm-hmm. And that, that list will start to get bigger. And before you know it, your affirmations are taking you 20, 30 minutes a day because <laughs> you just you just you're gonna realize I'm too dope. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I'm gonna have to get some of this dopeness away. I ain't got enough room for it. So, you know, I want you to write down 10 reasons why you're so dope. And then I want you just to continue to do those affirmations every day. And then what I want you to do is once you get that down into your soul, that that's how you feel and you know that's why, what I want you to do next is I want you to figure out how can I help my other sisters Mm. understand how dope they Mm. are. And then make your post every day. You know, I'm dope because of this. What makes you so dope, sis? You know, and you'll get people that'll put in the comments, well, I'm not sure why, or, you know, I feel, you know, all of a sudden now people want to be ministered to. That's where you say, you know what? You make another post. Hey, I noticed some of my sisters now. Some of y'all are not sure why, you know, what your level of genius is or how you're so dope. So I'm going to do a live later today or on this day at this time. And we're going to help unlock some people, bring some people on on that Instagram live with you and just work with them for two or three minutes. Bring three or four people in. And before you know it, you make a date says every Wednesday we're going to do dope Wednesdays. 
and people will be looking forward to those lives. And then before you know, it, people are like, these lives aren't enough. Waiting until Wednesday is not enough. I need access to you. How do I get it? And before you know it, a business is born. Do, do preach. I mean, you just, <laughs> I think it's, I, I mean, I don't even know how to follow it up. You just said a mouthful. I'm sure you spoke to somebody's heart just now. Sis, tell yourself a new story. That is what I got from what he said. Tell yourself a new story. If you're going through something right now, because me, my story was I was a wife that was going through domestic violence with her husband. But I told myself a new story that I don't want to be a wife going through domestic violence. I want a, a life that's happy. That was the new story that I've turned myself. And not only that, I deserved a life. And you want to know happened. why? Go ahead. You want to know why? Why? Because you were too dope to be a domestic <laughs> wife. Yes. I was too dope to be in that situation. We're pretty much at the end of this podcast. And I just want to give you the opportunity, Mr. Pitts, to go ahead and let the listeners know, how can they find you? Where are you? How can they reach out to you? So you can find me on every platform at Mr. George Pitts. So that's on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Periscope, Pinterest, you name it. That's where I'm at, at Mr. George Pitts. Um, and my website is also MrGeorgePitts.com. Uh, so you can find me on all those uh, platforms. I'm probably most active on Instagram, uh, but you can find me on just about every other platform as well. So at Mr. George Pitts on all social media platforms, MrGeorgePitts.com is my website. All right. There you have it, ladies. If this is what you wanted to do, you wanted to be a coach, you know you got it. This was the podcast. So I want to thank you for your time because we all know time is the most valuable thing on earth. And I want to thank you for spending this hour with me. I'll talk to you ladies next time. And sis, start. <laughs>